I was still in this sales job and I was on the board and I said, as a business, we are trying our hardest to cold call to win new clients all the time. On my podcast, nothing to do with work, I was had the opportunity of speaking to super senior people that I never dreamed I could ever speak to. And all I was doing was social media, will you come on my podcast? Yes. So I said to the board, why aren't we doing this as a business? So the board said, okay, here's free reign. Let's, let's go and do it. So I stopped doing my job within the business and I just had basically social media, podcasts, videos, freedom. And to cut the story short, in one year, I generated 800,000 revenue. I did no sales. I simply spoke to senior people and introduced them to our sales team and then left. And we did 800K, which was about 10% of the business, which was 14 years old. Chris O'Hare, your quick win CEO. And as a CEO, I've run businesses, founded startups, consulted for others, and even won awards. But in this show, we'll be talking to entrepreneurs and experts to help you understand the key concepts for your business, along with three quick wins that you can take away and apply to your business today. And every week, we'll be finding out about the entrepreneur themselves and diving into a different but important topic. Do you want the secrets to build your own 100,000 followers on social media? Well, our guest has 40,000 followers on TikTok, 27,000 on LinkedIn, 20,000 on Twitter, and has even worked with the likes of a heavyweight boxing champion, Anthony Joshua. Our guest, Paul Brown, is an influencer in his own right and founder of Bait Bean Media, a social media and video production company. Paul gives us some incredibly useful insights and actionable tips that even I've been inspired to do myself. Paul's approach is, in my opinion, that of a viral hunter. He's always ready, tapped into the networks and waiting to maximize the opportunity to create the next piece of content that rides a social media wave. And this was a refreshingly different podcast episode that I think will give you an alternative perspective on social media. But here we go, Paul Brown. Thanks for coming on this show, Paul. First, tell me the last thing that you read or watched or did that left an impression on you. It could be a Netflix series, funny video, book you read or a quote. Chris, thank you very much for your time. It's nice going from Clubhouse to your podcast. So that's great. So... The impression is it's a bit of a crazy one. It's YouTube and it's streamers. And I don't know if you know a lot about YouTube streamers, but um, I met some guys at a protest and they basically go on live on YouTube for five hours every day. And they have a uh, chest, a camera chest, like a camera mount on your chest, um, a microphone that they click on, battery packs in the back and literally they just go around London streaming and I think it's really interesting that they get 300 to a thousand to 10,000 people tuning in to see what they're up to and it is literally just doing basically going to the shop riding around London so it kind of 
has opened me up to this new world of streaming. I do stream a lot on um, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter, but and Facebook Live. But now I'm thinking about there is this future world of streaming, and it's just inspired me that these guys have no jobs. They get money put into their accounts. They've got about 10,000 followers. And it's just a, a totally new world, a bit like Clubhouse, but you actually see what's going on in their world at any point. And if I want to get hold of them, and I've met them, obviously, and I have to like go on their stream and see where they are, and then I, then I start typing on the stream, where are you? And then we meet up. So it is, um, it is a new world that I'm keen to explore and try out more things. I absolutely love that because before we started this podcast, we were talking about Periscope and how it was so interesting watching people stream live in certain locations. And you can basically zoom into a part of a map and go, right, okay, what's happening here? What's this person streaming? And then you come up with that piece of uh, gold. <laughs> and uh, and I think, so, again, it's, it's, it's like this voyeurist, type view of you know you want to watch what other things are happening around the world and it's almost like for me it feels a bit like live street view um i'd love to be able to just tune in somewhere and watch something and i used to go on these websites where the the, the webcams are streaming live just to see what was happening and i think that's really cool because you've got a moving person moving around and that's all they do and actually they've created this this interesting niche in this interesting area around that and, and and another thing you said was um streaming live on linkedin which i've been trying to get access to to that um for a, a good year now and they still haven't given me okay. access so let me tell you, tell you through how i got mine it's a lot of email bashing okay uh, and there's a guy called um who he, he, this guy didn't help me, but he has posted a formula how to get LinkedIn live. A guy called Andy Foot. I don't know if you've seen him on Clubhouse or um, check him out. It's F O O T E, and he's got like a um, slider deck of how to get LinkedIn live. And you message someone at LinkedIn, and it fast tracks you getting LinkedIn live. Right. So, um, are you posting enough videos on LinkedIn? Um. On a on a weekly basis, do I need to do more? Yeah, I think I think you should be doing like now weekly should be fine, but like two or three a week should be hit the okay. criteria. But yeah, it took me three months to get LinkedIn Live. Is LinkedIn Live really worth it? Not really, to be honest. Right. I, I, there's only one lady that I know that smashes it, and she's called uh, Amelia, Amelia Sordell. I don't know if you've come across her yet, but um, she has hundred to two hundred people in her room every Wednesday at midday. But yeah, otherwise I don't see a, a lot of people that get more than 20, 30 people online at a time. And LinkedIn has now pushed it. So when you are live on top of your profile, you go live on your profile, which is a new thing that that's come out over the last month, but it's tough to work. I use it simply as a live tool to means I don't have to edit and blah, blah, blah. So I literally just push record or go live and then I've got it saved on LinkedIn and then I repost it. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Cause what I was going to do is, um, essentially I've done this already, but with YouTube live uh, streaming my podcasts, um, 
I mean, it, the, the only problem is with that, that you don't get the listens on your podcast. So I've actually stopped doing that. So, cause I want them to go onto my podcast and listen to it rather than watch it. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's very, very early days for this podcast. Um, so I'm trialing things and I'm doing different things, but that was one thing that I had noticed is that my podcast listens were lower, but my YouTube views were a lot higher. Because the yeah. same people will just watch it instead of listening. Yeah, you know, it, it depends where you want to direct your traffic. And uh, I use software called StreamYard, and the other one is RealStream. I've used both, and uh, both very similar. Uh, some of them have just a little bit better uh, uh, mobility on your mobile. One of them is better than the other one, but it changes all the time. But basically, StreamYard will... Um, be like a broadcast center like we're doing now and then it'll push it into youtube live facebook live uh doesn't do instagram live linkedin facebook youtube and twitter they're my four that i go live on and yeah sometimes if i'm talking about american football i get up to 200 people live across all platforms um if i'm a protest i've got up to 2000 but Yes, some days I just get 20 to 50, you know, it's people you know, and it's it, it's a lot more manageable and uh, more of a community feel. It's really interesting. Okay, well, I, I might go back to it. Like I said, I'm in that trial phase at the moment. So, I, but I'm using Stream, I've used StreamYard myself before, but I think it depends on the audience, right? Where, where they're going to be, how are they going to consume your content? Yeah, there's, there's only one other good thing about using these, platforms they put captions on it for you now so um you know you go through Streamyard, and then on linkedin live on youtube live you've got captions now automate automating your speech so that there is there is one benefit but it's a really good question is you know podcast like you said podcast numbers drop but your social media numbers go up and i guess it's down to your goal you know if you want to do be bigger in youtube than you know focus everything on youtube but it is a tough tough uh social media platform to get success with i mm. find well that's and that's exactly why i'm focused on the podcast there's less podcasts out there the, and people tend to be a bit more loyal i would say with a podcast whereas youtube you can go down a rabbit hole you know within three minutes they're going to jump off your video and look at something else because visually people get bored quite easily Whereas I found with podcasts, people are just going for a walk. They're just, you're there along. You're like their friend in their ear. And so that's kind of why I'm focusing on podcasts. Plus the idea of um, I can go up the chart on Apple podcasts would actually be far more helpful because I don't think YouTube, I'm going to make much of a dent. So, um, and like I've been number eight on the Apple chart before. Come so on. That's good. This shows you. And, and that's kind of why I've been focusing on podcasts. And so I'm trying to direct people. So I'll do things like I'll release my podcast um, links rather than my YouTube link beforehand to make people go and listen to it, you know, on my podcast. So all you listeners, right, you're, you're hearing all my tricks of what I do to you. So, <laughs> um, but don't take offense. All I'm trying to do is make sure that this gets out to more people. But what do you think about that? Yeah, Chris, I think, you know, you're being transparent. You're telling everyone how it is. Um, I, I, I'll disagree with you slightly on the YouTube thing. And 
it's something that I've only come across over the last six months is I kind of use YouTube now as a TV channel. So I don't watch TV, but if I was bored on the weekend, I would literally go to YouTube, hit subscriptions, and I've probably got about 30 subscribers, things I enjoy watching. And then I just basically watch the latest episode. So that's how my YouTube works. And the recommendations, as we all know, YouTube is a good um, search engine. So hopefully I do get some new recommendations of other stuff. So I think the thing I will, the one thing I disagree with is that, yes, I've got a place for all my podcasts. And yes, I've got a place for all my YouTube subscribers or subscriptions. And uh, I do actually see them as almost like a conveyor belt on Tuesday. I know so-and-so is coming out. So I'm quite excited about that. So, uh, okay, yeah. Maybe you treat YouTube like I treat podcasts. So maybe that's just our different perspectives because of the way we differently, we, we consume it because I, I don't consume a lot of YouTube um, for the time, because I'm I'm now I'm always doing something. I'm always busy. I'm always moving forwards. And and the only thing that kind of gets my screen time at the moment is um, Disney Plus. It's pretty good. Um, I'm I'm finding finding that great. And Netflix um, for my usual ones. So I'll find some golden nuggets in Netflix, and I'll and I'll binge on those. But that tends to be it. So and then the other things is like if I'm driving or I'm walking or I'm doing exercise, podcast goes on almost every time, and that for me is the way I consume content, but I completely agree. And that's why my videos do go, go on um, YouTube because I still think there's a massive audience there. Um, I just haven't quite worked it out. And perhaps, you know, this is something that you can kind of tell us about in, in this um, yeah, of course. episode. Um, I'm no YouTube expert, but yeah, I have got um, years of experience on YouTube and a, a reasonable following on YouTube. So yeah, we can, okay. we can discuss that. And uh, like, it's interesting you say about podcasts because we obviously met on clubhouse. We had the chat before about, you know, we've now not on clubhouse so much anymore. And um, yeah, I'm very similar to you. I have my podcast, I have my YouTubes. And then if there is an influencer, I just say loosely, if someone recommends, I think you should listen to this. I'll give them a go on one episode and if I like subscribe or into my library of podcasts and then it joins in that micro community. So, um, but yeah, myself, I'm not a Netflix person. Uh, if my girlfriend's around, we may watch something and I'll try and get into the next flick Netflix mode and oh, what's the top 10 and try and learn what's going on or I don't watch TV. So, uh, yeah, I, I do, similar to yourself, live a quite a sheltered life. And Disney Plus, is it called? I, You know, mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> I haven't seen the functionality of that, but I'm guessing it's Netflix only for Disney, right? Yeah, but actually what I didn't realize with Disney Plus is how many companies they actually own. So there's stuff on there like Quantico I've been watching, which is, I've, I've never saw it before, but that's that's pretty insane how great that is. Um, X-Files is on there going back, you know, yeah. So I'm I'm going through the the back catalogue of X Files, which is epic. I I loved X Files, you know, as a kid, and so the the opportunity to go through and, and do that just shows you. Um, yeah, it's it's a really good point because uh, you know we get into these new cycles of life, and then me in particular, I get addicted to it. So, like I said, Clubhouse, 
for two months. I was semi-addicted. In the morning, I had my shows. In the afternoon, certain days of the week, I had my shows. In the evenings, I had my, or rooms, you should be saying, yeah. So, and uh, yeah, with YouTube, I went for a stage four years ago, watching it a lot, really having my guys. And then three years later, revamp again, back on YouTube, enjoying some certain people making content and uh, yeah, getting really excited for their episodes. So yeah, it all goes in cycles and uh, it is definitely, uh, I'm addictive watching. So hence why I don't watch uh, Netflix or series because, okay, Tiger King, Breaking Bad, you know, the big ones, if if the world's talking about them, I watch them, but yeah, otherwise I try and stay off them. Makes a lot of sense. Um, so what drives you as an entrepreneur? What, what kind of gets you out of the bed in the morning? So say you just, you're, you're stuck in bed and you're just like, Oh, I don't want to get out. And what's that thing that just says, do you know what? This is going to get me out of bed and you're going to crack on. So yeah, as a person, I'm up seven o'clock awake every day. That doesn't mean I'm out of bed at seven. And, um, yeah, for me, it's all about, um, content creation. So, you know, I get super excited of producing content and uh, getting it in newspapers, working with key people. So, um, yeah, like Anti Joshua, the boxer, I do work, made videos for him before, um, whether it be BMW, whether it be working for Bollywood actresses or getting my content out there in the newspaper. So, yeah, so every day I wake up um, I get my TikToks done. I post a TikTok in the morning. I check what's trending on the Twitter. I'm on Instagram, saying hi to all my new followers. So yeah, every day I'm uh, on social media looking to grow it. And the thing that excites me the most is something that's going to go viral. And it's not money. It's 100% creating content that's not on me, but maybe capturing that viral moment. We're going to talk a lot more about that because I've had a look at your content um, and there's definitely an element of you trying to create virality around your content. So, but we'll, we'll cover that a, a bit later because let's, let's understand more about what you do, what your business does. Um, and so the listeners can kind of understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So um, uh, I'm co-founder. So me and Andy set up Bait B Media 18 months ago. We create videos for influencers and um, also for small businesses. We have a price point of a thousand pound to come to you for the day and create a handful of videos and then edit them for you. So that's kind of our classic business model. We then help companies with marketing. So for example, we work with a small business with a view to create uh, a post every single day, whether that be real stories, blah, 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 for about 500 pounds and just basically do the management, content ideas, post it and engagement for people and uh, companies. So baby media, videos and managing social media. Right. Okay. And so how did that form a, about, how did that come about in terms of the, the company? Were, were you just um quite popular on social media already and you thought you could turn this into a business I mean, what what did you do before this yeah really interesting so i was a director of a sales business but probably where it all started was probably six five years ago 
I was, um, I had a life coach and he said to me, you should be doing a podcast. You should be talking more about your passion, at the, and which is American football, the Cleveland Browns. So five years ago, I started doing a podcast and posting small videos of my life as a Cleveland Browns fan in London. And yeah, I basically had one viral video probably in 2018, which was probably my changing moment where suddenly I had to turn my phone off because I was getting so many notifications. My phone just, just jammed. And at that, at that point I realized, okay, just turn your notifications off. And then, so, um, yeah, I got a viral, my first viral video was 2018 and the excitement and joy it gave me was out of this world. And it's not about the numbers and the vainness. I just, just enjoy finding news and blah, blah, blah. So it started then. And then I realized let's put more effort into this. Um, let's do daily podcast. Uh, let's create a video every single day and post that onto Twitter. I grew Twitter up to 20,000 and basically then realized let's go across Gary V style, go across all social media channels. So my goals hit 10,000 on Instagram and then um, I'm on 30,000 on LinkedIn, blah, 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 and 45,000 on TikTok. But yeah, just constantly creating content, documenting my life uh, and growing it. And I, I was still in this sales job and I was on the board and I said, as a business, we are trying our hardest to cold call to win new clients all the time. On my podcast, nothing to do with work, I was had the opportunity of speaking to super senior people that I never dreamed I could ever speak to. And all I was doing was social media, will you come on my podcast? Yes. So I said to the board, why aren't we doing this as a business? So the board said, okay, here's free reign. Let's, let's go and do it. So I stopped doing my job within the business and I just had basically social media, podcasts, videos, freedom. And to cut the story short, in one year, I generated 800,000 revenue. I did no sales. I simply spoke to senior people and introduced them to our sales team and then mm -hmm. left. And we did 800K, which was about 10% of the business, which was 14 years old. So there was suddenly this new generation of 10% of sales that we never had due to the fact that we were doing social media, going to events, networking through social media. And then I, and then in that last year, I realized I was doing it for a business that I wasn't love passionate about. I was trying to be, it was electric cars. So I was going to America and Germany, but it wasn't like my heart. And then I thought, let's leave this job and let's set up a, a brand. It gives me freedom to work in any industry that I want. Since then, obviously, anti Joshua, football players, premiership football players. But what it, you know, obviously COVID came along. So, uh, it, it, you know, it's been, it's been tough, but it's, um, I don't think we're nowhere near 100% of where the business should be. No, I think 
well, I mean, what you've taken it, it's um, still pretty impressive. And I, and I love that you were, you are basically telling the old guard, you know, this is how you make sales these days. This is how you do it. And that it came from this post that you, you did this epiphany. And I, I mean, I'd love to have that one day where my phone is just so rammed full of notifications. Uh, and I, hopefully it'll be for something that I'd, want to be known for but knowing the internet these days it's pretty random what you get what goes viral right so I, what is this viral post what what it was, what was, it was it? simply it was simply me opening a bottle of champagne celebrating and um lebron james retweeted it and um the cleveland browns retweeted it basically the, the cleveland browns didn't win a game for 600 days basically so after two years of losing they won i opened a bottle of london a bottle of champagne in london and it went viral in america basically why is there a guy in london supporting the cleveland browns and he's popping champagne so uh, and that was like ah okay you know there is a market for this um didn't click at the time this is what i want to do but it did definitely ingrained in my brain, like, why can't I do this every day? Hmm. And, th and I think when you know this, when you learn this, you can't do it every day because the, the moons have to all li uh, line up to get a viral video. You know, you have to be in the right time at the right place and the right following or community to push that video viral. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think, where you were then have you had a viral post since that matched that yeah um yeah probably 10 times bigger but um so can we can we just dive into that a little bit like yeah, what, sure. what what's that what's the the biggest one you've had since and compare it and and kind of what what you did differently between the two of them yeah so as as you as you get more of a community and audience so if we take lad bible for example if lad bible created their own video and it was funny they could post it on their own site and there's a good chance of going viral um if your dad chris for example posted a video which was quite funny you'd have to wait until lad bible saw it then to give it the kick to make it go viral you know, your, your dad could have made something funny and you never know, someone else may pick it up, but it, it needs some sort of momentum or a, something to drive it to make it go viral. Now, the bigger the community you have and the audience you have, the easier it is to get a viral video. So like we were saying earlier about Clubhouse as a mounting, it's the same with an audience or a community on social media is as, as that grows up, there's more chance of a video going viral because you've got the support behind. There is a bit of a shelf life though. You know, the first time you see Ali G, you may love it and go crazy. This is funny. But once you've seen him do the same cop copyright hundred times, you don't want to push that reshare button. So, mm. you know, you, you do have to keep thinking new ideas all the time, but yeah. So um, I've had uh, multiple videos with, over 2 million views on multiple platforms. So um, for example, it, it wasn't a political, 
it wasn't really a political post, but there was a scene, um, someone defacing Churchill. And basically Nigel Farage contacted me and said, please don't delete that tweet. I want to talk about it. So um, I said, sure, Nigel. And um, not that I believe with his politics or not, just to let you know for the, for the podcast. And um, yeah, he talked about it. And then I just saw like every second, 10,000 more views and it got to 2 million in the end. Um, so yes, and it happens the same on TikTok. TikTok's easier to go viral. And um, yeah, sometimes, you know, you get a bit of momentum and you hit the one mil and then it's enough to push it to two mil basically. So that's really interesting. So that, that post of Churchill being defaced, that was the thing that was the most popular one that you've had, would you say? Yeah. What, on, on Twitter is, is the, is the most viewed one. And I know that it does work in that pyramid way of like, if, someone like Piers Morgan would re if Piers if Piers Morgan retweeted one of my viral contents you know there's gonna be a lot of people with a lot of different opinions now that's probably the most powerful is when you have something with multiple opinions yeah. because people can't help themselves but comment and it just makes the algorithms go crazy gotcha right so it's being almost being opinionated. Well, let's dive into your different platforms that you have. Cause, um, I was looking at your, your stats. So on TikTok, you got 40,000 followers, um, Twitter, you got 20,000, Instagram, 8,000, LinkedIn, you got, you said around about 30,000. And I Facebook, think it's 20, 27,000, but okay. And Facebook, there's about 5,000. So with each one of those platforms, they all kind of serve different purposes, right? So you must have a different content on each one of those and they, they all do different things or, or do, do you kind of, are you just following the virality? Are you just trying to find an, a, a gap in the market and then and build a following and it doesn't really have to align with other, other parts yeah, of your brand? I think, I think that's a really good point. And um, you've got a choice to do two things. You can stay to your guns or you can follow your audience. And it's a, a situation. So I'll give you an example where I fail. TikTok, food, just can't get it to work. Uh, um, so, so sorry, the, the three general things that I focus my content on would be food, London updates, and American football. Now for a fact, American football doesn't work on some on some social media. Food doesn't work on TikTok. So there is there is different places where I put more effort into certain things. But in my head, in general, I am thinking for me, not bait B media, for me, most of my posts have an audience that like them three things. So then it goes down to TikTok. They love the conflict, the drama of anything London updates. It's bizarre. I could post a video of Oxford Street at eight o'clock at night, no police, nothing going on, and I get 200,000 views. Just once again, it goes back to people are just interested to know what's going on in London at, at nighttime. We're, we're on my Twitter base. 
it's probably mostly American football fans. But that's where I do get some love for live London updates. And then once again, the food isn't that passionate on on Twitter, really. My audience not really. They like it, don't get me wrong. Um, but then Facebook likes food and LinkedIn likes food. So, yeah, it is really bizarre how how it all works. But I do, I have a pillar collar column of content I create and then I kind of reword it for each um, different platform. Do you think the target audiences are different then depending on where, what it is? Like, so you're saying about food doesn't really work on TikTok. Is it that your audience that you've built on TikTok are just not that particularly interested in that? Or does the platform yeah. as a whole not have that interest? Food on TikTok is probably the biggest thing. Paul Brown doing food on TikTok can't get it to work. Maybe you're spot on. Maybe my audience is being built up on TikTok on London updates. So it just doesn't, it just, just doesn't go viral because my audience doesn't want to see food. So if I posted something happening to Churchill, there's going to be opinionated people yes at last boo can't do that you know the the two sides of the coin which helps the virality but the um the food i can try and invent the most amazing bacon cheese potato sandwich looks amazing grilled under the grill comes out flops just very frustrating for me but it is what it is you know and uh, at least i know where my strengths and weaknesses are on a platform and then this comes back to the same thing. Do I keep pushing food and hitting a wall or do I listen to the audience and uh, do the food on other platforms and just keep my audience happy? So it's a, it's a tough one. Yeah. It's, and do you know what? I think that's pretty much what everyone says about social media is trying to work out what works and it's this experimentation and knowing what the, the audience actually wants and what, and what they're shouting for. Right. So the, and and they're shouting by whether they like it or reshare it. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's that's really tricky to find that. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not a fan of... Uh, I shoot from the hip, so um, I've got no social media calendar. Um, I will, in the morning, as you said, what motivates you? Getting up, what is going to be my content today? I sometimes have a day of extra content that I've got in my phone that I can post across platforms. So I'm never under the pressure like, come on, Paul, you've got to go out now and find an hours of content for the day. I've already got, I've already got stuff on my phone that I can produce, but I do know every day I need to go out for an hour and sniff out news content or something that's interesting that's going on. So it's almost like you're using it to break up your daily routine because you've got your jo your day job and you're actually seeing this as a bit of a R and R time. You go out, you're discovering things, you're you're stretching your creativity muscle, basically trying to discover this stuff. But it's like you're always hunting for this viral thing. Would yeah. you say that's true? And yeah, so I'll give you a nice quick story: is that on 
Sunday night, I knew that the pubs are opening Monday morning. And I'm on Twitter, you know, I don't spend a lot of time researching, but there was a, I searched a first pub opening Monday morning. Two or three minutes, I found one pub in London, down in Bexley Heath, which is probably an hour out of central London. There was opening at 0001 and closing at 3 a.m. And they said they're full. And I was like, Jesus, I, I know for a fact that if it's the only pub, it's a great story. Mm-hmm. So I DM'd the owner and said, look, I know you're full, but can I just come down and produce some content? Yes. If anyone leaves, can I have a pint? <laughs> Not really. I'm like, come on. Well, if anyone leaves, you're on the reserve <laughs> list where no one turns up. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always pushing my luck. Anyway, I get there at 12. ITV's there. Sky's there. The sun's there. Joe's there. So I know I'm on to a winner, but I have to stand there in the cold. It was freezing. It was like minus something. And ITV was filming everyone, interviewing everyone. And, you know, I'm like, oh, angry with myself that I'm not on the other side of the camera. But, you know, I produced enough content. My video got 20,000 views, picked up by The Sun, picked up Daily Mail, picked up by Sky News. So it was a win. And Wayne Licker followed me out of the back of it, you know. So there's like little silly wins that I get from doing that. But that is all because at 11 o'clock on a Sunday night, Paul Brown's prepared to travel an hour, stand there for an hour, get my content for an hour, then come home. So yeah, it's, it's like four hours of my life, but I really, really enjoy that. And um, I'm always looking for that next win and next the next thing to go and film and get involved with. So is that your plan for growing the audience on these platforms? Because we, we, you've got these essentially quite niche audiences for certain things and you're experimenting um trying to work out what what works well but would you say there's a plan to this um if you could say these are the the channels that i've got this is how i'm going to grow them what does that sound like yeah so i've got no massive plan i you know i'm not I want to hit 10,000 on Instagram just so I got new features and I can learn about the new features. Um, I'm about to hit a, quite a few milestones. You know, I'm on 19.9 on Twitter, so I'm about to hit 20,000. Will I post about it? No, life goes on. Um, but yeah, and they are, they are only numbers. So, you know, getting jobs with BMW or getting better exposure is what I'm looking for is, you know, I want AJ or Tyson Fury to phone me up, go, I I saw what you did with AJ. Can we work with you, please? Um, And yeah, none of it is being media related. I'm not thinking to myself, I must grow my audience. So being media do well. I believe creating content, creating videos will do being media good in the long run. But, um, and just a real point on that, Bake B Media does professionally uh, edited filming and videos where I do all my own content myself. 
I'm filming myself on my phone. I'm trimming. I'm slightly editing, but nothing on the same level as Bait Bean Media. And I'm telling my clients, you should be making authentic content yourself um, and posting it yourself. You don't need us. Maybe for a professional website video or something like that. But yeah, so that's kind of, um, yeah, it's, I don't want to go off piece, but yeah, I just enjoy making content and uh, basically uh, want, you know, bigger stages, but I know I have to work to get to that stage. Okay, so I completely get what you're saying. And if there was a secret formula to the way that you were doing the things that you were doing, it sounds like you're just hunting for the opportunities um, and, and you're just constantly tapped into the networks, knowing when these things are going to happen. Um, and then, and, and taking those, you know, those opportunities with both hands and, and really trying to milk the most out of them. But is there any other kind of formula to it? I mean, we, we could, let's go into a more of a, a case study of this next, but so where we could describe like bit by bit, how we would do this if we were starting from nothing what what with all your experience that you have now how would we then grow this this brand or this thing but first of all let's understand like is there a particular formula that you follow yeah definitely chris and i think you've just answered a massive point uh there which is doing your research knowing your community knowing your industry um every single person should be talking about their industry, knowing their industry. And so that, that's, that, that's probably the first thing. So the, the, the classic thing is baked beans and Weetabix. I saw that. I was late. I, it took me a day to produce the content, but then I ate baked beans with Weetabix. I think that every person or every business should be have a finger on the pulse for what's going on on their industry and then be able to talk or show or relate to it. So I think that's the, that is probably the most important thing is I am not going out there in a mankini running through the streets of London, looking for viral posts. I'm trying to food and drink. Okay. That's Paul's little world. I should know that the pubs are open on Monday. You should be there somehow, somewhere relatable to that breaking news. And when you get to that level of, if you're talking about iPhones, you know, the new iPhones coming out, you've got an opinion or an insight about the new iPhone coming out or whether it be about a new plane or a new car or, you know, that's the information I think you, everyone should have in their own world, basically. Okay, so let's dive into that a bit more. So if you're essentially riding a wave or a trend of something that's happening, are you not going to get drowned out by the fact that there's so many other people are doing the same thing or are you more likely to be discovered because you're riding that wave? So th this is the thing I've always toyed with. Shouldn't you go in the opposite direction than riding waves because then you're more unique and, and you're weird or, or whatever? Whereas if you go in the other way, you're just going to see lots of the same content. Or is that, does that trigger things for people to go 
and hunt for and and look for it and discover more about it or looking for a different opinion about that thing what do you think yes it's a really good question and um to answer it i think you do have to divide it i'm afraid to say is you have to be constant so i i have to be on the pulse with everything that goes on with the cleveland browns so people expect me to be a good source for news so they trust me they they hear they make phones and saying the cleveland browns have signed someone they should be able to go onto my twitter and see that i've already commented or talked about it so to answer that yes you have to be consistent but then on the flip side it is good to do things in your own way now I've tried obviously multiple things. I've tried breaking news on a Zoom, you know, on in London and stuff, and it just didn't work. So I've been there with a microphone going, breaking news, Cleveland Brown sign, Eric Cantona, and you know, hopefully that's gonna go viral. It didn't go viral. People didn't really click or, or like to it. So, you know, you've got to constantly work out what format works for you. And bizarrely, when it is anything that's real news people do like genuine content text word form very basic so they can just relate to it very quickly but yeah i definitely think your identity should be definitely unique and yourself so um if you wear a shirt chris then you should always wear a shirt or you know maybe wear a hawaiian shirt sometimes i don't know but whatever your tradition is or whatever your difference is then you should keep to that so you stay true to yourself and your brand but you do make the most of the waves that that come around and the trends that come around because people are hunting for your side of the story yeah and i think that's probably the best nugget is every single person can talk about their industry but they don't normally and they've probably got a lot of information that they know about their industry that they're not sharing at the moment. So, um, yeah, and, you know, you could be writing a quick social media post on Twitter, copy, paste it to then five or six different platforms and do that very regularly. And then suddenly you become a subject matter expert in, in a, a real, in a real niche. So, um, I, I, I'm all for not copying, but giving your opinion on something that's relatable in your industry. I like that. That's good. And I think that's going to move on nicely to my case study example where, because um, some of the listeners are going to want to know, you know, what's a structured way that you've got this to this hundred thousand people, uh, followers that you have. Um, and, and you've been, testing and learning but you know now that you have some experience and you kind of know the formula of how you do that so if, say let's take me for example right so I'm a, I'm a tech guy and I'm on my journey to creating my own audience and I basically want to grow my social media and I'm starting from scratch so I've got barely anything you know I've got a thousand on LinkedIn and I've got you know about 300 on Instagram um, and next to nothing on everything else. I think TikTok's about 300 and, um, and I think Twitter's about 300, but 
it's around those numbers. So basically, like everyone else, everyone else has got about those numbers, right, on those platforms. So if you use me as an example, how would you then structure my growth to growing my social media in the way that you've done it? And and I think you're going to say a lot about what you said just a second ago, which is about, you know, becoming an authority yeah, in your area. But the, the, yeah, so Chris, the first thing I'd ask you is, don't think, don't overthink this, is on the weekend or in the evenings, what do you enjoy doing? Oh, so this is about getting more personal, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I enjoy reading a lot of um, kind of the latest things that's going on around technology. So I'm, I'm constantly looking on like Mac rumors, which is like, you know, what's the latest Macs that are coming out? What's the iPhones that are coming out? Um, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts um, around, you know, cryptocurrency and what's going to change the world. Um, I, I listened to another one called Tech Tent, which is about the latest news for that week. So these are the kind of things I do in my spare time. I also listen to Stephen Bartlett's po- podcast, Epic Guy, um, and he talks to these uh, business entrepreneurs about the way they've started their business and he really dives deep into the certain things, you know, he, he, he listens to a nugget of information and he trying to he tries to claw it out of this entrepreneur to kind of get this real insight into the, their lives. Um, so it's always about growth, learning, and usually around technology and entrepreneurship. So anything sport related or anything, um, if I gave you an iPad on the weekend and you say you're a hospital, nothing bad, but you're a hospital and you've got an hour. What would be the first websites would you go on to? So, for example, I would go on Daily Mail. I would go on, check about my fancy football, which I, I, I enjoy. I would then go on to um, maybe I'd see what's going on with the Cleveland Browns. But, yeah, what would be your things that would, if you had an iPad in your hospital? And- okay. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So, um, Formula One is, I'm a Formula One Fan, Do you definitely. watch every Formula One or not? Uh, they go on a bit too long and i am always got things to do, but um, I will try and I always follow the news. So I'm reading the news every day, but I'll watch uh, if I think it's going to be an interesting race. I'll watch it. Um, and I think this year is going to be quite interesting. It's not going to be a whitewash. So I, I think that's going to be quite interesting. Um, and then otherwise, when it comes to websites, you know, um, if I go to like BBC News, I'll go to the tech section or I'll go to Google News and it will curate the list of stuff that it thinks I shouldn't read. But I mean, the, the kind of time I spend on those kind of things are less than five minutes. I get the headlines, I see what's happening, and then I feel like I've got my daily digest of, you know, is the world crumbling before our feet? No, okay, well, I can get back to my daily life. Yeah. So I look at the news and I'm like, uh, China's flying planes over Taiwan. I'm like, really? We're going to have another war? This is going to be exciting. But um, all right. So for, for, for you as a case study, the things that have come out, like I've tried to, you know, you've got a lovely mic in front of you. Um, you've got a road podcast. So you know your tech. Um, you've talked about tech probably five, six times. My question to you is, you know, how much are you talking about your a tech on social media very little yeah so the Uh, only time i get to is probably on this podcast yeah so um that you know 
and me thinking now, if I if I wanted to buy a Sherm sure mic, I would remember Chris and I'd ask Chris, you know, do I need a Phantom booster in the cable? You know, because that's really weirdly techy. But only someone who's got one knows the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I if listening to you, my case study would be definitely be producing content over why I bought that mic, you know, why I, everything that I've got, I would talk about and then start building on iPhone 13s coming out. Do you think it's going to have no more charging cable? You know, probably the biggest thing about the iPhone at the moment, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I would be thinking about for yourself, but you know, you've got all the, all the feeds coming into you. So you know what's going on, but then you're kind of teasing your audience. You are telling them that you know something, but also asking them opinion. And that's a really good thing is people like to be told things, but they also like an opinion or they like to be asked. So it's an art of um, Cleveland Brown sign Eric Cantona. Do you think that's a good move or a bad move? So already you've got your audience are going to give their opinion. So you're not giving the opinion, but your audience is then giving an opinion. Or you own the opinion and say, I think that's a terrible move. Bang, 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 bang. Lots of opinions. Paul, what do you know? You're based in London. American football's in America. Pee off, you know? Like, um, and that's kind of, yes, like you said earlier about you've got a strategy of what you're doing with your audience and I've got almost like a little strategy of I am playing with my audience in the aspect of I'm not just giving them the facts or my opinion always. I'm sometimes asking their opinion. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, you know, being consultative with your audience is also another good trick. So let me just digest what you've said, and then I'm going to ask another question. So basically you're taking the opinions that you're forming in your own mind and asking them out as a question and trying to get their opinion on this various um, kind of forms or things that you're, you're, you're digesting or thinking about. So how would you do that? How would you, would you just, um, would you share a video of you looking at your, your mic or whatever I say, or unbox this mic and how raw and unfiltered and uncut would that be? How polished does that have to look and where would you share it to? And then would you follow up with another question? So a video almost, or a voice recording or then posting a textual post on something like LinkedIn saying, you know, this is, I've just bought this sure mic. And this is what I think of it. What's your opinion on it? So I think we can talk about content separately in a, in a minute, or maybe you want to talk about it now. But if you imagine everything, there is three stages, a start, a middle, and an end. Now you think about your mic. You know, there was a, a marketing stage at the start where you were looking at different mics and thinking to yourself, I could buy the Rode Podcaster mic for £100 or the Shure for 350 but there's only 10% difference between the mics. Do I need to 
spend so much for the sure mic. So, you know, you can see straight away, you can ask your audience a question about, would you go with this mic or, or that mic? So there's a whole journey about any one bit of content. For me, I asked my audience, do you know of any pubs that are opening at midnight in London? So you can see that there's always a pre-question. So you're, you're taking your audience um, on a journey. And so you'll get five or six people saying, I've got the sure mic, it's worth every penny, the road mic's okay. And the next stage then is obviously buying the mic and I'm, I'm really opening it. We can talk about the uh, content I would produce in a minute, but then obviously the people then who saw your questions before are now then actually um, saying, oh, wow, mate, you got the mic, what's your thoughts? Then the last thing is, obviously then giving your thoughts packaging is a bit cheap i just spent 350 pound for this sure if you're listening to this podcast i'm only joking but you know you spent you've got the mic i've plugged it in jesus christ i've got no sound i can't guys i'll walk you through the whole setup why have i'm why am i getting a clipping sound why am i getting no sound so you can see there with just one bit of content you've got three bits of content, a start, the content, and an end. So there's another way to think about it is you are getting your audience excited at the start, engaged, you're then showing them, and then uh, you're obviously showing you the results. So hopefully that answers in the aspect of, don't just think, oh, look at me, I've got a 350-pound mic. Someone may go, idiot, you know, see that you've taken them on a journey and they see your thought process then uh, it adds more weight to yourself okay and so then how would you then do the content itself so would you take would you record yourself talking to a camera or would you just type it out or how would you i mean you're very video heavy so i'm assuming it's going to be video and would it just be an iphone camera and just holding it up talking to it or is it a bit more pro professional and polished yeah, so definitely not professionally professional and polished. In my head, I'm thinking story over production. But it's got to be watchable. And so I like to think 30 seconds max. And the way I produce video content is actually on Instagram Reels. I find it the quickest, easiest way at the moment to put a 30-second video together with a load of short clips. So yeah, I'm I'm classically filming on my phone all the time and I'm classically doing it in micro content world, which is portrait mode. So yeah, I will be potentially talking about it as I look at the product. So you hear my voice and you would you wouldn't see me, but I'd be more focused on that product. I classically look to 50-50 split of looking out and looking at me. Okay. So a, a mixture. I don't want it to be always my voice. And yeah, I, I would like it to be more of 
sometimes me. TikTok, for example, 90% of it is always looking out and only 10% of me. My audience likes the outside of my camera, doesn't like me. <laughs> no, don't take that as an offense. Yeah. That really, you've given us some great value there. So let's let's dive into your your hacks, your three top quick wins that you would tell people to grow a social media following. Yeah. Let's just go with the three I've done in a bit of detail. Number one is obviously you you know your industry. Why aren't you talking about it more? i.e. yourself, Chris, you know, if you want more of that social media, why aren't you talking about your products that you've got, blah, blah, blah. Number two is um, creating the content. Get into a system of creating short, sharp, little videos that you constantly post that don't take a lot of time to produce. Probably the biggest thing that I do is trim. So a 15-second video and then I'll turn it to a seven-second video. That's how brutal I am. The first second I speak is where I trim it to. And if it's like, hello, I'm Paul, that goes. This is the new iPhone 13. What's your thoughts on it? End of trim. And that's the only bit I'm using. I'm really brutal on my trimming. And then, and then the last thing is you have to grow your audience. So just because you post something, that means you have to build a community. And, you know, if Ben gives you some advice about what mic to buy, send Ben a DM thanking him and then giving him some insight of what you actually learned. So it is a 24-7 job of actually growing your community and being personable with your community. Nice. I like those quick wins. Well done. And um, what about... Uh, if people wanted to go away and learn this themselves, what resources are available? I think YouTube's amazing. I think you can go on YouTube and learn so much about any issue that you may have. Take YouTube, for example, you're not getting very many views. It'll say subject, thumbnails, you know, storyline, you know, whatever it is, YouTube normally has the answer for everything for self uh, training and teaching. So yeah, um, anything that you have a, a, a have a struggle with, get onto YouTube. Um, but yeah, my, my biggest thing is be yourself, try things, and it doesn't happen overnight. So um, you know, your first hundred followers is a big achievement. Then your first thousand followers is a big achievement. Then five thousand. It's a big achievement. You don't just go to 100,000 overnight. It does take time, effort. And if it wasn't you, Chris, and you were a client, I would ask the question, why? Why do you want 100,000 followers? Why do you want a million followers? And um, normally there's a reason, because I want to be a TV presenter or, I don't know, um, I want to make money. And, you know, if someone said to me, because they want to make money, I personally don't make money on anything I do with social media. I enjoy doing it. It's a passion. And yes, I do get some baked bean media work out of it. Yes, I may do get some free stuff, but trust me, there's a lot easier ways to make money than getting a hundred thousand social media followers. Thank you for that. And so how can people contact you if they wanted to connect? 
yeah, definitely just reach out to us on social media. If you listen to this podcast, it'd be great just to uh, hear anything you think. God, this guy's annoying or just send me a DM. It's always interesting. And uh, yeah, that's another that's another interesting thing is um, as you grow on social media, you will get trolls 100 percent and um, never take it personally. It's all a bit of fun and a troll will always help you with algorithms. So uh, the more they comment, the better it is. Um, but yeah, any Instagram DMs, probably the most personal thing to get hold of me or LinkedIn, Twitter or Facebook gets lost in spam files these days. I get that. Great. Thanks for that, Paul. Really appreciate no, Chris, it. Thanks it's, for coming on. It's, it's really good speaking to you, you know, and uh, I love what you're doing on Clubhouse. I thought you were a great host. could have gone on for ages with the amount of information paul was providing but what did you think of paul's quick wins quick win number one you know your industry so talk about it more quick win number two get into a habit of creating short sharp videos that doesn't take long to produce and quick win number three you have to nurture your audience and grow a community if someone messages you reply to them but what was your favorite bit of the show? And you can tell me on Clubhouse, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube. Or you can find me with at Air Digital. Remember, there are several other podcasts available to listen to, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And whilst you're there, I'd be so grateful if you can subscribe and write a review. But until next time, I'm your Quick Win CEO, signing out.